Welcome to Tripod, Improved Photography's Nature Photography Show. This show is for the weekend photo warriors, the drone flyers, and the photo vest wearers. This is Tripod. Hey guys, welcome back to Tripod. This week we're talking about the behind the scenes of being a photo editor. And to help me talk about that, we have Ben Williamson. Thanks for coming on, Ben. Thanks for having me. So maybe a quick introduction as to who you are. Um, who are you? <laughs> Where are you from? <laughs> I am a photographer from Maine. Got into photography about four years ago. Quickly became entirely obsessed. And it's been kind of a roller coaster ride since then. I originally started off like a lot of us do, sharing photos online. Found that I really enjoyed doing that. Since then, I've been tromping all over New England capturing lighthouses and lobster boats and mountains and whatever I can point my camera at. And it's been a lot of fun. And in the last uh, four months, I started a new job as the director of photography at a regional magazine called Down East Magazine. And it's been a great learning experience. Um, and I'm excited to talk more about that. That's cool. I was excited to get you on the show because we've been so Pacific Northwest centric <laughs> lately, because it seems like all the photographers I know and that we've had on the show, or most of them, are all from this general area. And it's nice to, to have somebody from the East Coast because you, you have tons of beautiful things on the East Coast to shoot. I'm going to be at Acadia National Park next year during fall. Very excited about that for the Out of Acadia workshop. You shoot lots of lighthouses and seascapes. And fall color is beautiful over there as well, right? Yeah, it's pretty spectacular. You know, I've thought the same thing kind of about the Pacific Northwest and that you guys have so many great shooters up there and so many opportunities. But I think that New England really does have something special as well. And I'd really love to kind of bring more attention to what we're doing over here because there's a lot of other people other than me who are really great photographers. And there's some cool things going on over on this coast as well. Yeah. And you have a lot of old history there, too. That's one of the things that I that always strikes me when I see photos from the East Coast or, you know, overseas is because on the West Coast, it's it's just not very old over here. We you know, the the West half of the United States was you know, the, the last to be settled. And all of our history is like 150 years old tops. And you guys actually have like legitimate old history there. And it's, it's kind of neat to see some of the old structures and, and all of the, you know, maritime history that you have over there. It's, it's a very rich history that you have on the East coast. And, and a lot of that comes through in photos as well. One of the things that we wanted to talk about in this episode is some of the behind the scenes of what it's like to be a photo editor at a magazine. And a lot of the questions that come in are talking about getting um, exposure with your photography and getting published in magazines. And I figured you would be a good person to talk to about that. So maybe let's kind of start at the beginning. Wait, what, what do you do at the magazine? Well, I'm learning a lot as I go. Um, this is still a new job for me. I'm in my fourth month of being employed. And uh, it's pretty, it's been an uh, eye-opening experience in that there's a lot to do, including planning the coverage of uh, what photographer is going to be sent out for what assignment. I source photos from stock agencies and a lot of sourcing directly from photographers I know in the area. 
uh, make the budget for all assignments and pay photographers for images they've already taken as well. And I work directly with photographers on each assignment and we plan shoots, uh, who to contact, places they need to be, what times, a lot of stuff like that. And so you're, you're sourcing, you're getting your images from local photographers as well as stock, stock outlets, um, which just so people know, like what's kind of on the radar of magazines, what stock agencies do you actually go through to, to get an image? Well, usually when I, when I talk about stock, um, there are a couple of agencies and that the, uh, main historical society does provide a lot of our, uh, stock needs here for down East magazine. Um, more traditional stock companies that people might be familiar with, like Getty and Shutterstock and Dreamtime. I source from those occasionally, but usually when I'm talking about stock photography, I mean photos that someone um, has already taken. And usually I'll find those through a Google image search or a Flickr image search. So that's why it's really important for photographers to keyword uh, their images and make them searchable. Uh, not only through traditional stock outlets, but actually through their own websites. Yeah. So that's a really big way I find photos is through the individual photographers' websites. That's one of the biggest, um, biggest downfalls to the the way that I'm currently working is that I'm not entering text and keywords to my images on my website. I just kind of you know blindly throw stuff up. And I don't really add the, that stuff. And if I was, you know, let's say I have a really great shot of one of my local scenes here and somebody is doing a, a Google search for Palouse Falls, my image isn't going to show up in that search because my keywords are not associated with my wonderful image. And it doesn't matter how awesome your image is. It could be the best image of a particular place. But if it doesn't show up in Google searches, people can't discover it. Exactly. And that's a big frustration, I think, with um, a lot of the ways that we share photos now. And I'm certainly one of these people is through Facebook and Instagram. And it is terrible for keywording and finding photos once you've posted them. I'm sure you're familiar yeah. with that. Going back yeah. and looking for images is really tough with those services. So having a functioning website I think it's one of the best things you can do for yourself as a photographer if you want to be noticed by magazines and print media. And if you are, if your website is very much just kind of a gallery of images, make sure that like at, at the very least in the keywords of your metadata, you're putting your location or the name of your photo or, you know, obviously your name um, in that metadata. That way it shows up. It shows up in a Google search just through the metadata at the very least. Um, but right. that's a yeah. lot of the way we find photos is through metadata. Um, Instagram has done kind of a good job of letting you tag locations in your photos. And I found a few photos that way. But you're absolutely right that keywording in metadata, whether it be in caption, title or the photographer's name is crucial. Mm -hmm. OK, so that that's how you're kind of branching out and finding great images of whatever it is that you need. Let's say you find that image that you're looking for. What is the process like from then? Well, from that point on, uh, getting in touch with the photographer is important. And uh, it's really important for you to have your uh, phone number and an easy way to contact you on your website. See a lot of photographers who have that generic contact form, uh, which is fun. You know, that eventually goes, I guess, 
through an email and you can get in touch with them that way. But I'm liable to pick up the phone and give you a call if I need an image. And especially if I'm working on a deadline, time is a big factor and whether yeah. your image is going to run in our magazine or not. Right. So, so having it on, um, having your contact information on the website so I can get in touch with you from there. Um, I will send over forms on how to size your photos for the magazine. Um, things like 15 inches long on the long edge, 300 DPI, you know, whatever the technical specifications we need uh, for that to be in print. And I imagine once photographers are kind of on your radar, uh, especially if they're a local photographer, once they get on your radar, then you're kind of checking with them periodically when you have image needs, I imagine, right? Yeah, absolutely. I'll send out um, a call on an email for images of a certain location or a story we're working on. And, you know, that email might go out to 50 people and I'll get responses from 12 and we'll run with one photo. So it, it's kind of competitive in that way. Mm -hmm. but it's a great community of photographers here. And a lot of these people I actually have personal relationships with before I started at the magazine. So it's been really cool to be able to work with friends and, you know, definitely the best part of the job is uh, being a cheerleader for photographers and being able to feature so much of the great work that's going on in the area. That's cool. Yeah. And, you know, because it's competitive, some of the not so obvious things like, you know, how fast you reply to your emails, um, how kind and courteous you are in those emails and, and stuff like that really comes into play, whether your image gets used or not, or not, because if you have, you know, two images that are both very good for whatever article you're writing and one guy's a jerk and one guy's not guess, guess whose image you're going to use, you know, because there's lots of other images out there. It pays to be both very responsive in your emails and very kind with your emails because nobody wants to work with a jerk, you know? Yeah. Be professional. Um, it's a big deal. And, you know, I've realized that so much more now in this job is that it, be responsive. If someone's trying to get in touch with you and they want to work with you, then follow through. That's a big deal. A mm -hmm. lot of us photographers are creative types and we're busy and distracted and our mind might be in another area but I, we pay for our photos and it's a great it's great exposure you get paid uh, you get to be part of the cultural fabric of the magazine and in our case that's the cultural fabric of the region so i think it's a great opportunity and you have to rise to the occasion you have to be professional so you brought up the subject of money so why don't we talk a little bit about that obviously you're not national geographic you know you're not a huge magazine but what, what kind of, how much are you paying people to run one or more photos? Like what, what kind of money are we talking? Well, it's, you know, it's surprising to some people that we even pay money in this day and age. Yeah. I've had many photographers I've come to say, will you pay me for this? And I'm like, yeah, you know, we are paying for this because there's so many entities now that want photography for free that photographers have come to expect that. So my job is to advocate for photographers and get them paid. It's very important for for me personally that we respect the work that's being done and we pay people fairly. So uh, page rates in Downey's Magazine are $400 for a two-page spread, $200 for a full page. 
if we're doing an assignment that could run six to eight pages, you can get paid up to $2,000 for nice. that specialized work. Man, I, so I'm living it, in the it, wrong place <laughs> because <laughs> the, the magazine that I've shot for in the past to, was not paying nearly that much. Of course, mine was probably a smaller uh, magazine that I was shooting for. But that's nice. That's that's really well, you nice. know, I, I say that and then there's there's extreme budgetary pressures on me every day because yeah. I, I do make the photography budget, but I really do want to value the work we're doing and I want to get the best work we can. So paying is part of that. Cool. So do you have photographers reach out to you and be like, hey, I'm a photographer in the area. If you ever need images, get in touch with me. Are, are people like submitting their work to you, hoping that they'll, you'll find a use for it? Or are you pretty much just going out and finding what you need on a case by case basis? Uh, mostly so far, it's been going out and finding what I need. I would like to see more submissions, but it's important that if you do submit to me that um, it is kept concise and that it is presented in a way that I can digest it easily and it, it's not a distraction. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, you don't want somebody to just send a link to the, their website and be like, yeah, here's here's my work. I do lots of photography. You should check it out. Right. Yeah, that that's the least likely way that I would want to click on your link is you're just like, hey, this is me check out my work. No, right. tell me, tell me what you love about Downey's magazine, why you want to shoot for it, how your style fits in with what we're doing. Um, especially, you know, one of the biggest things I see and I look for is people who are dedicated and passionate. And that's true. in all of photography is that the more dedicated you are to the craft, the better the work is going to be. And that's going to come through in every aspect mm -hmm. um, of what you're doing. Okay. Well, I think just in that amount, I feel like people have gotten a lot of good information. All of this is going to uh, be applicable. That's a hard word for Nick to say. Applicable <laughs> to to any magazine or anything that you're submitting to is, you know, be timely with your responses. Make sure that you're adding keywords and metadata to your photos. Um, pages like 500px, where people are often telling a story along with each photo, uh, that's a good thing because, you know, the more words that are associated with that photo, the more likely they are to show up in search results. So if you can do something like that on your website, you know, make each image that you post kind of a big deal. Like you're very proud of every single image that goes up rather than just throwing up a gallery and being done with it. I think that's a good approach because it makes your work look like you care about every photo and it shows up in search results for people like Ben to come and find your work. And, you know, being, being not a jerk, being professional and quick with your responses, that's going to make you your work more likely to get used than somebody else's. So we can't talk to you without talking about, you know, shooting the East coast and, and stuff over there because I, I have never been East with the exception of like Iceland. I've never been <laughs> East of Detroit. I've never even seen the East Coast and I'm excited and I'm excited to go there for the first time during fall color next year. So for somebody like me, what are some of the mo the must hit spots on the East Coast? Like we're talking like fall color and lighthouses and nice coastal scenes. What, what are some of your favorite places to shoot? 
Well, I can't speak for the entire East Coast because I am located in Maine and we are way here up in the corner. So I haven't been much further down than, uh, say, Massachusetts. So I would consider myself a New England photographer. So okay. I, I know that I, I can't really recommend places in North Carolina or, or Florida or Charleston south carolina it's cool but, there's, there's nothing to shoot down there anyways we're good no, i'm kidding <laughs> i'm kidding um but for this area um i think you're familiar with uh one of our best places which is acadia national park right i'm excited to hear you're going to be coming up this way i look forward to seeing uh what you find here i know you're going to get some great shots yeah and I guess um, I, I haven't really brought that up on the show before, but this year I'm going to be teaching at out of Acadia National Park. And along with me, there's going to be people like Brian Peterson and Aaron Bobnick and Juan Pons and Thomas Heaton uh, from wow. YouTube, like really big names. And I can't believe that I get to teach along with these people. I'm going to be like all starstruck the whole time, like wanting to, wanting to hang out with people. But um, that's going to be in next October. I'm not sure if there's still tickets available or not, but it's going to be, I think it's four to five days of just landscape photography centric uh, photo conference. And that's going to be so exciting. Um, so why is Acadia National Park so popular to shoot in? Why is it is such a photo destination? Well, it has one of the most dramatic landscapes on the East Coast, which is mountains right coming down into the sea it's a pretty unique place i think the the statistic is that there are no higher elevation mountains going right down to the sea until you get down into south america wow um so it's a pretty dramatic landscape the granite stones that reach out into the ocean are beautiful there's a you know the famous cobblestone beaches there's waterfalls there's amazing fall colors um i'm excited <laughs> that's so cool yeah it's gonna it's a really cool place um but you know the places that i am excited about are a little off the beaten path so acadia is like the rock star of new england photography but there if you get two or three hours out of acadia which is actually where i live there's some amazing places along the mid coast of maine our working fishing harbors are fascinating you're talking about new england culture and the history we have here you know that's a lot in my own practice i love photographing working fishing harbors i love our lighthouses mm -hmm. um, there are scenic homes and churches that have been here since the late 1700s uh, a lot of historic architecture and you can find that in new hampshire vermont maine massachusetts it's kind of a cultural regional thing so i love finding those places. Um, some highlights would be definitely Portland Head Light and Cape Elizabeth. That's a very photogenic, amazing place. And it's not just one composition. You don't have the tripod holes where you plant <laughs> yes. your tripod and say, hey, I got this shot. You yeah. can explore the area and walk around and there's many different angles to get a great photo of this amazing location. Uh, there is Hartswell near where I live beautiful fishing villages. Pemaquid Point uh, not only has a cool lighthouse, it has these amazing rocks uh, that provide perfect leading lines. There's a reflection. There's all kinds of great stuff. And, and one of the things that very much makes the East Coast so different to shoot from the West Coast 
is on the East Coast, it gets really cold there. Like pretty often in the wintertime, you're dealing with very, very cold temperatures. We don't get that on the West Coast because the Pacific Ocean kind of keeps the coastal region very warm. But you, I've seen some images where you have like icy rock leading into iconic lighthouses with the ocean right there. It's such a unique combination of things. It's very, um, it's very different than what I'm used to here on the West Coast. Yeah, and that's what I would love to see um, more kind of the regional or even national and international photographers coming to Maine and checking out is this amazing winter scenery we have. And it really is the off season. There have been times when I have the place to myself. I'm the only person who's been there. And then in the summer on a sunrise at Portland Headlight, there can be, you know, 30 other photographers in the same location, whereas in the winter, you're, you're the only one. And it's this amazing, uh, we have amazing light in the winter. The sun, like in Iceland, doesn't get very far above the horizon. So you can have a true golden hour or two hours of just really great light. Yeah, Lots of ice. We have this thing called sea smoke, which I kind of told you about, but it's yeah. when it gets down below zero. The ocean is so warm relative to the air that it puts out this mist and it looks like the water is boiling. It's super dramatic. I love to get it backlit at sunrise with a lobster boat or uh, something, some kind of object to kind of highlight the depth you get from the steam. And it's, it's pretty awesome. That is so cool. They, the only downside to shooting the East Coast that I can think of is that you're shooting sunrises instead of sunsets. Because <laughs> <laughs> on the West Coast, we're spoiled, you know, like sunset is kind of the time. And those are really easy to wake up for. It's sunrise. Right. that's tough to get up for. But that's how you can set yourself apart here is getting up, getting up at 4 a.m., which I've done so many times. Get up at uh, 4 and drive an hour and a half to the location. And it's pretty spectacular. And it separates the strong from the weak, I think. <laughs> yep, absolutely. And it separates the photographers from the tourists. And that's nice. Yes, it does. That's that's the problem on the West Coast is that, you know, when you're shooting that sunset over the Pacific Ocean, you have all of these tourists to deal with and you have to, you know, scramble for position and try to not end up with a ton of uh, other <laughs> tourists in your shot. So that's nice. It separates photographer time from tourist time. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so excited to go out there. I, I'm going to have like a week between obligations to, for me to just like travel and explore. And I cannot wait. And it's going to be during fall color. I'm I'm giddy with excitement already, and it's like months and months away, but that's going to be so much fun. Yeah, Acadia is actually pretty unique for fall color uh, being in a coastal location. Uh, they had some really big fires in the, uh, I think it was late 1800s, early 1900s. They absolutely wiped out what is traditionally uh, a pine forest, which is what we have on the rest of the coast of Maine. And the trees that grew up in its place were uh, hardwoods, which produce those beautiful fall colors that you look for. So Acadia is pretty cool that way. If you're looking for fall color outside of Acadia, you really want to go into the mountains of Maine, Vermont, New Hampshire. Nice. Um, because they have the hardwood forests. And I actually led a photography workshop last year in Vermont in New Hampshire. And that was so much fun. It was, uh, I think, the first week in October. And fall color there is just unparalleled in the world. You know, people come from all over a lot of big bus tours with uh tourists from asia and mm -hmm. 
um, Europe. Just it's spectacular and a lot of really cool things to shoot too. That's so cool. And I imagine it's, it's pretty important to get a little bit off the beaten path and during fall color, like there's, I, I imagine there's all kinds of opportunities to get away from those really touristy spots and just kind of go explore some wooded areas somewhere because fall color is not always about just the giant Vista with a whole bunch of trees in it. A lot of times it's the small intimate landscapes where you get underneath the trees and you find, you know, interesting little scenes under the trees, stuff that a lot of those people in the big buses aren't appreciating. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I did with the workshop group is that, you know, I get, I went inside of a, a barn for one of my shots and actually used the barn door to frame a hillside covered in nice. fall foliage. And, you know, we're crouching under trees and just highlighting uh, individual branches. And yeah, definitely the stream and intimate scenes with fall foliage are pretty awesome. Uh, the grand vistas are fine, but I love those streamside scenes you can get uh, with really vibrant colors in the trees. Very cool. All right. Well, thanks for coming on, Ben. Where can people go to find out more about you and your photography? So you can find me at BenjaminWilliamsonPhotography.com on Facebook and Instagram, Flickr 500px, though I haven't been posting as much to uh, 500px lately, but uh, I, I've got a pretty sizable following on uh, Facebook and Instagram. It's a great way to keep up with my latest work. And if you want to contact Downey's Magazine about submitting photos, if you're a New England photographer listening to this show, and I know there's a few of you, a couple of my friends, um, you can contact me at bwilliamson at downeast.com, send me an email. And maybe we can work together. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on, Ben. This has been a good time. Thanks for having me. And we'll see you all in another seven days. Thanks so much. Thanks.